behalf of all of us in this house, I would like to present unreserved apologies for what took place on Friday and to President Zelensky and the Ukrainian delegation for the position they were put in. For all of us who were present to have unknowingly recognized this individual was a terrible mistake and a violation of the memory of those who suffered grievously at the hands of the Nazi regime. That's the apology. That's it. That's the apology. A carefully crafted delivery making this Nazi thing a wee thing, a learning experience and not a prime minister thing. So the buck's not stopping with him. Look, if it is a cause a prime minister believes in, he will apologize. And I know that because I thought this morning, let's put, let's look at all his apologies. What do they sound like here? We were wrong. I am sorry. This is something uh, that uh, I deeply, deeply regret. Traveling on September 30th was a mistake and I regret it. So if it's, you know, LGBTQ issues, if it's reconciliation, if it's a cause he believes in, he will say the words, you know, park it at himself. But he does not park this one. And uh, word on the hill is that liberal MPs have been told, don't talk about this and it's going to go away. Strategies work for them. Is it going to work again? Let's ask a guy who probably would know more than anyone, Steve Pakin, broadcaster, author, and a 640 contributor. Hi, sir. Sir, I'm calling you sir now. <laughs> no one knows, right? Yeah. No one can tell when the story is beginning, when it's at the middle, or when it's over. Uh, the the Canadian public and its wisdom will decide that. Neither you nor I, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting when you see the reaction because everyone's really angry now that he's made us apologize, right? Like the blowback it has been pretty fierce across the board. But what did you make the the apology? Is it enough? Well, uh, the first question I always ask myself is, are, are we being fair to all of those involved? Okay, we understand that the speaker made the decision to invite this person with this notorious past uh, because he knew him from his constituency in North Bay, Ontario. So from all of the ducks that have lined up so far, it sounds like the speaker proffered the invitation. The guy came. The speaker clearly didn't do his due diligence and nobody in his office did their due diligence the speaker has apologized. The speaker has fallen on his sword and left. That sounds like a, a, what the opposition wanted and a pretty good start to the story. The prime minister has followed up by adding his words of apology. I, is it enough? I don't know. Well, I mean, what more? To, I guess I'd put the question back to everybody else. What more do people want? What have they not heard so far from the prime minister that they still need to hear? I think some accountability. I mean, I think if this were a one-off, People would say, okay, he's apologized. But, you know, we had the Jaspal Atwal, uh, you know, situation in India. We had the Josh Boyle terrorism thing. Uh, you know, that happened. There have been so many of these kinds of events where you think, is no one vetting this? Like, is no one, you know, looking? And you think, okay, after a while, you know, you start to see a pattern. But ultimately, the way I look at it, Steve, is you're the prime minister. You're the boss. I mean, if I brought a Nazi onto this show, I can assure you, I'd have to do some explaining. I'd be fired probably, but but so would the boss. Like, how did that happen? The buck has to stop somewhere, right? The buck has to stop somewhere, but accountability has got to be meaningful. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, the prime minister can't be responsible for absolutely every single thing that happens in his $600 billion annual corporation. That is the government of Canada. We, we do understand this notion of ministerial responsibility. We saw it in Ontario over the past few weeks where mm -hmm. two cabinet ministers were forced to fall on their sword because of the green belt. But 
I don't know. The way I'm looking at this, Alex, I don't know. Maybe I'm completely off on this. Mm-hmm. But but I noticed that two opposition parties, not the conservatives, but two opposition parties came forward right away. And then a drip, drip, drip of liberal cabinet ministers came forward to say, this is the speaker's fault. Mm-hmm. The speaker is responsible. He needs to be held accountable. And he has been. He oh, has yeah. resigned from that position and paid the ultimate oh. price. I'm a little concerned that the Conservative Party, in its zeal to make everything look like everything is Justin Trudeau's fault, uh, is, is overreaching here. And I appreciate the fact that they would like to turn this into an episode of, here we go again with Justin Trudeau, it's all his fault. But guess what? It may not actually be the case that this is all his fault. It may actually be the case that there are other people who are at fault and need to be held accountable and while he is the head of the government, ought to apologize to Mr. Zelensky for putting him yeah. in this appallingly embarrassing position. Let's be clear about what he's apologizing for. I think that's the only point I'm trying to make here. Yeah, fair enough, for sure. I mean, look, the prime minister is not going to vet everybody. It's, it's ultimately he trusts people to do it. But we've got memos that don't get read. We've got people that didn't know. And I just think after a while, people say, well, like, ultimately, you know, it's like when you see in the United States on those big state addresses, they always have these props in the audience, and they're going to put them. And so they're specially set up, as you would know. And you think, okay, for sure they're vetted. Like, for sure they're vetted. I'm sure, and I'm almost positive that Mr. Rota, when he was reading that, was kind of double-guessing him, because he kind of stopped at one point and was like, uh, a rush? Wait. <laughs> so I don't know if he caught it at that moment, but it was too late. But he is going to wear this. when all this yeah. started. Yeah. Look, I remember, uh, you're not old enough, but I am. I remember when all this started, Ronald Reagan was the president of the United States, and in his State of the Union message one year, he decided that he wanted to pay tribute to a captain of a, I think he was a pilot in a plane that had crashed into the Potomac River during an an ice storm, and this captain had gone like well above and beyond the call of duty to rescue people. Yeah, I vague, I vague, I I, I remember that plane crash, so I I was, yeah, yeah, go ahead. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and in fact, I don't know how I remember this. I think the guy's name was Lenny Skutnik. And, and President Reagan had him come in, sit in the balcony, and he, you know, heaped praise upon him. And I presume that the president's office did some due diligence to make sure that Lenny Skutnik wasn't a member of a neo-Nazi group yeah. or something like that that could come back to embarrass them. So, and, and you know, it's 41 years later, so uh, I haven't heard anything about Lenny Skutnik being like that. So I guess their due diligence paid off. Clearly, what we've learned from this situation here is, well, two things. Number one, way more due diligence has to be done. Somebody's got to be responsible for it. At the moment, it seems to be the speaker. If the speaker's office is inviting a guest to come to a big event like this, then there's got to be far more due diligence done. That's number one, just on on the advisability of who they invite. And number two, security. I mean, the reality is uh, Volodymyr Zelensky is a marked man Mm -hmm. in a lot of this world. And if the if if the Canadian Parliament put his life in jeopardy yeah. by putting him in a situation, and, and this didn't happen, I'm I'm, I'm speculating here, but it, you know if they put his life in jeopardy by putting him into a set of circumstances under which we were in control, and yet couldn't vouch for the security of everybody in that setting, well, that's a real problem. And so we got to get on top of these two things for sure. Yeah, and so you know it'll go on, and politics will be politics. Um, but uh, you know you gotta feel for I feel for Oda. It's hard. I, he's wearing the whole thing, which shows politics is not a, a nice sport. Like you know, uh, you will be turned on as as soon as you become a liability. Yeah, but you know what, Alex? Uh, it, it, 
uh, Anthony Rota, from all accounts, and I've never met the guy, but but for, by all accounts, he's a good guy. He's a good guy who made a bad mistake in this case. Massive. This is a different kind of scandal from the other scandals, yeah. which are scandals of of commission, right? There's there things that there are stupid things that people senselessly do with malfeasance uh, in their hearts. That's a different kind of scandal than this. This is a good guy who made a real bonehead play and didn't do the due diligence that his office and he should have done. And as a result, he's paid the ultimate price in politics, which is to lose your job. And that's a good job in politics. He loses his apartment. He loses his car and driver. He loses his bump up uh, allowance and pay. You get a big pay bump for Mm -hmm. being the speaker of the um, House of Commons. And he's lost all that right now. And let's also remember, he's not going to be able to walk anywhere in Ottawa or in his constituency for years without this being the first thing people think of when they look at him. He's paying a high, high price for this. Massive, massive. Um, yeah, and so you know, it's it's going to be an interesting time uh, to see where this goes. Uh, Zelensky hasn't said much, and Russia's going wild with it. Um, and I guess my you know, warning is to the opposition, though, Alex. Yeah. My warning is to the opposition: don't overplay your hand here. The Canadian public are very fair-minded people. At the end of the day, they understand somebody's screwed up here. But if you overplay your hand. They'll smell the politics of that from 100 meters away, and they won't like it. Yeah, everything's political, as you well know. All right, Steve, appreciate your take on it. Story will tell itself. And by the way, you got a great memory. It was Martin Scutnick, so good memory on you. It Thank was you. Martin Scutnick? Yeah, yeah. yeah, you got it, you okay. got it right. Yeah. I think I called him. No, 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 you're right. It's Mar- Martin Leonard Scutnick, so it was Lenny Scutnick. You, you, you were right. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, you got a good memory. Okay. Good stuff. Thanks for checking. Yeah, all right, thanks. Uh, that is uh, Steve Bacon. Contributor here at 640, but boy, I, I remember that plane crash. I just didn't remember the guy's name, but there you go. You got Steve Pakin's view.